Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? All right. Welcome to the Just Involved Tells All and Sports Podcast. Welcome back, Dennis. Dennis, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Dennis? Can you hear me? Hello, Dennis. Hello? Can, Dennis, can you hear me now? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Thank you. No problem. Um, sorry about the uh, malfunction there, but this is Ozzy Tells All, episode 46. We have Dennis back on from a uh, podcast talking about WWE. Welcome back on the podcast, Dennis. Dennis, can you hear me? Hello, Dennis, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Welcome back on the podcast, Dennis. Now, <laughs> all right, we're back online now. So, um, what were you, when did you get, when, 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 when did you first get into WWE? Uh, it was 1988. Mm. Um, the, uh, it was one of the first like pay-per-views. Yeah. And uh and just some members in my family were uh were ordering WrestleMania 4. So uh <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and that was an all, that was an all-day thing, so uh <laughs> I just you know, I didn't really have any interest in watching it, but I did cuz it was it's kind of like the Super Bowl, you know, like yeah. everybody was over, there was junk food and Yeah. Absolutely. Now uh, what what are your favorite um, moments of wrestling of all time? Oh wow! Um, I think uh, I think definitely that pay per view, just because it was what turned me on to it in the first place. Yeah. Um. So the the and it was it was after the the title storyline wise, of course, it was after the title had been vacated because Ted DiBiase tried to buy it. <laughs> so uh, so they had to have a single elimination tournament for the title. So whoever won the belt that night had to win four matches and yeah. It was yeah. It was it, it was it was a cool concept. Nice. Nice. Now uh, yep. Some of some others are uh are when when Bret Hart finally came back to the company. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the first Hall of Fame induction ceremony that they did in like '93. Yeah. Uh, you know, stuff that I always, I always was really interested in the history and the stuff that happened before I'd started watching. So, mm-hmm. anything, anything that kind of honors that uh, is a big deal for me. Absolutely. Now, what do you think about when Brett screwed Brett? That's that was a fantastic moment in WWE history. <laughs> Brett did not screw <laughs> Brett. <laughs> Even Vince knows Vince screwed Brett. <laughs> yes, HBK was my favorite wrestler at that time, and I loved it. He uh, he had he used to be my favorite. Well, not my favorite. My favorite was always Brett Hart, yeah. but he used to be 
one of my favorites. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, that, that made <laughs> me lose all my respect for him. Well, it's a storyline. It's not really his fault, but, you know, it's a storyline. Well, he, 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 he knowingly participated in it. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to get paid, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, for me, though, for some moments, for me, um, I I loved watching the. How much have you seen these or not? It might be past your time frame, but I love seeing Kate um, re- retire Ric Flair WrestleMania, and I loved watching um, Taker versus HBK Triple H um, WrestleMania matches. Those are amazing matches to watch, and um, I loved um, seeing Hulk Hogan body slam uh, under the giant too. That was awesome too. WrestleMania three, yeah, absolutely. Now, what are your favorite finishing moves of all time? Um, well, you know, obviously, I have to say the sharpshooter. Yeah. Um, Lex Luger's torture rack was pretty cool. I mean, it was just <laughs> just a modified just a modified backbreaker, but uh, um, the walls of Jericho. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big submission moves guy. Okay. So uh... okay, I like that. For me, I liked the rock bottom. Um, I, I like the Stone Cold Stunner, um, RKO, um, the AA or the FU. I like those with, with Cena. Um, mm-hmm. I like the classic moments, like just the you're out cold, and they sell it so much. I love I love those ones myself. Personally, and also sweet chin, sweet chin music. Also, I love that one too. The best, actually, sweet sure. music. Sweet chin, the band's <laughs> the band striking up the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now standing in the corner, stomping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, what are your favorite rivalries of WWE? My favorite rivalries. Well, uh, I mean, obviously, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart has to be. Yeah. The top of the list. Yeah. Um, I also really liked. Uh, I really liked uh, the Undertaker and Kane mm-hmm. when that was an ongoing thing. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, I think Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan was <laughs> one of the best rivalries because it was just so rooted in personal feelings. And, yeah. You know, I think I think you can tell when people hate each other for the sake of a storyline versus when people hate each other in real life. Yeah. And, and those are guys that hated each other in real life. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Now for me, um, I loved the rock Cena back in 2012 or so. They had a rivalry going for a couple of years when rock came, rock, rock came back for maybe a year and uh they, oh, okay they, they, yeah they had two wrestlemania matches back-to-back years it was awesome matches um cena versus rock was awesome for the ages um i also enjoyed um triple h versus Vince man the big man family <laughs> for so long <laughs> that was awesome and of course um um bret hart versus hbk was also amazing so and also i loved Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon in the back in the nineties was that, that was a funny one. Was yeah, awesome. it yeah. just kept going on. <laughs> yep, he's like, 
I don't care. Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> yep, yep. I broken neck and you fired me, and we're still going to find a way to keep the storyline alive. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, what what are some of your, your favorite backstabbing moments as far as tur- people turning on each other? Oh, uh, when uh, when the Rockers broke up, yeah. that was heartbreaking. Yeah. When uh, when when they were on the barber shop and 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 looked like they were gonna gonna make up, and then Shawn Michaels threw Marty Jannetty <laughs> through that window. Yeah. Uh, another good one was um, WrestleMania Five. Mm-hmm. Um, Strike Force, who was one of my favorite. I always thought a very underrated tag team. It was okay. Rick Martel and Rick Martel and Tito Santana. Okay. And uh, they were wrestling Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, who uh, were were much bigger in the NWA than they were in the WWF. But yeah. uh, wrestling them and Tito Santana accidentally hit Rick Martel and. When it when he went to go make the tag, Rick Martel just left him there to get beat up for a good five minutes, and, yeah. and you know it was it was hard to watch because everybody loved Tito Santana mm-hmm. and uh, and and he sold it so well, you know that he was just the got got his heart broken by his best friend, and now he's getting the crap kicked out of him. Yeah, and. and you know, uh, neither Arn Anderson or Tully Blanchard, neither one of them would just end the match. They insisted on just beating him up more. It was, it was some good, terrible 80s acting. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, you know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta say when, when Andre turned on Hogan was <laughs> a huge deal. Yeah. Now, you remember WrestleMania? I'm not sure which one it was, but, it was Shawn Michaels was facing, I think it was Stone Cold, and Tyson was in the corner of Stone of, of Stone Cold or whatever. And they had a yep, match. Yep, that's 14. Yeah, and then Tyson takes off post match, takes off his shirt, and then he's he he backstabs Shawn Michaels and and then takes him out. Took off the DX shirt and he was wearing the Austin three sixteen shirt. That yep. was a pretty awesome moment. And as you said before, the, the Rockers was probably number one in my book, I think, as number one backstabbing moment in history. It's going to be one of the best. But Matt Hardy um, back in like 2009 or 08, I'm not sure what year it was, when he um, backstabbed Jeff Hardy and he took him out. But they're, 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 they're t- t- together now, though. But back then, he backstabbed him at, at a different review event with a steel chair. Ooh. Yeah, it was it was uh it was shocking to say the least. But uh yeah, brother versus brother there. Now what um are your maybe your top five superstars of all time? Top five what? Superstars of all time. Oh, okay. Um Bret Hart's gonna be an obvious number one. Yeah. Um I would say uh Roddy Piper. Uh, Mr. Perfect. There you go. Um, uh, not a lot of people remember this guy, but he was a freak of nature in the early 80s. Uh, Don Morocco. Don Mar- I mean, it uh, rings a bell, but. 
He used to be called the Magnificent Morocco, and then he was the original rock. He was the rock in like 1987, 88. And then, uh, oh, so many good ones. Um, But uh, I I would say, I would say probably um, Randy Savage. Randy Savage. Step step into a Slim Jim. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, how about you? Oh yeah. Oh, I was gonna trip you down. Okay, yeah. So mine's obvious number one for me, Shawn Michaels, HBK. Number two, Chris Jericho. Number three, John Cena. Four, The Rock. Five, um, I like Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Those are my five. Go. Cool. Yep. Now, um, your top five divas. You have, you have a top five. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I would say uh, uh, Stephanie McMahon for sure. Oh yeah. Um. Sunny, you know, she didn't contribute much on the wrestling end of things, but I mean. Yeah a lot of people credit her as being like the, the person who, who made, made the divas division. I mean, she wasn't yeah. even a wrestler, but yeah. uh, she, she, the, she was the start of when they started bringing in all the female valets and then they became wrestlers. Yeah. Um, Trish Stratus, mm-hmm. because she actually brought a lot of credibility to the women's division. Yeah. Uh, before you know it was just kind of it was just kind of how they justified stripping women down to as little as they could get away with but uh yeah trish stratus actually had better wrestling ability than to the guys in the company at that time yeah um in that same vein i would say lita Mm -hmm. and then uh probably i mean to to go into the way back machine uh, if 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 you're gonna if you're gonna have this conversation yeah. you got to mention you got to mention the fabulous moolah fabulous moolah yeah i mean you know she was the she was the first real women's champion she had the title for i think 20 years yeah um she you know they they it definitely wasn't about just like looks and skimpy clothes with Mula. Like right. obviously they obviously they were more concerned with her wrestling ability. Oh yeah. Now for me, um it's Trish Dash number one for me. She's the best of all time for me. Um Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon. Um I love right now actually is Charlotte Charlotte Flair. Um, Alexa Bliss and uh, um, Lita as well. So those are my five. The ones you, I guess, the ones I told you, you don't you don't know, but they're they're really they're really really good. And a little bit of overlap in our list there. <laughs> yeah, a little overlap there. Yes, absolutely. Now um, I, I would give an honorable mention shout out to Natalia. Natalia? Huh? No, no thanks. <laughs> she's still she's still going at it though. She's still going at it though. Um, somehow. Now, uh, who are your f- favorite commentators um, 
uh, to call the action? Uh, number one, number one is uh, Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan. No, no, no one was funnier than Bobby Heenan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, he, the thing I loved about Bobby Heenan was he he knew he had a very good mind for wrestling. Mm-hmm. But he knew what matches people were going to tune out. He knew, you know, he knew no one was interested in the Bushwhackers versus the Beverly Brothers. Yeah. So he would just step up his jokes for those matches. <laughs> because, because I mean, if the match isn't going to sell itself, you have to, you have to at least be entertained by the commentary. And some of the worst matches in the history of wrestling I'll watch every time because Bobby <laughs> Heenan say such hilarious things oh yeah and then my number two is his longtime partner gorilla monsoon yeah yeah um the, the two of them together were hysterical yeah McMahon. um mcmahon <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh number three i would i would say jerry lawler um yep. okay and, and I think I should probably mention that this is like pre two thousand Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Because as soon as he started yelling puppies all the time, <laughs> I was totally totally checked out on that guy. Yeah. But um, prior to then, uh, he 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 was a, he was a good he was a decent commentator. Yep. Um, my number four would have to be uh, Lord Alfred Hayes from the uh from the late 80s and early 90s and he was he was a british guy and he did more of the uh the 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 b squad matches oh yeah like um whereas back in the day gorilla monsoon and bobby heenan would get the pay-per-views lord alfred hayes would get maybe the saturday morning show (laughs) there you go yeah and uh you know, for number five, the, I feel like I'm obligated to say Jim Ross, but there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing about Jr.'s commentary style that I actually like. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go with Vince McMahon. Um, Man, okay. Back in the day when he used to call those matches, and we were supposed to not know that he was the owner of the company. Right. Yeah. He he would just he would oversell every little thing, you know, like yeah. Oh my God, that must be <laughs> king. <laughs> like yeah, we 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 figured that out, Vince. Yes, absolutely. Um, for me, I'm gonna go Michael Cole. Um, is very good. Uh, Jim Ross, um, JBL, um, Joey Styles. And uh, currently, now, currently now, doing it now, is uh, a guy named Corey Graves. He's, he's probably the best right now. He's, he's on both shows right now, but he's really good as well, Corey Graves. He's, he's, like, okay. he's like a heel, a heel kind of guy. He's, he's awesome. Um, Those were always my favorite commentators because they would just say ludicrous things. <laughs> yes. But- one of my one of my favorite stories about a bad guy commentator saying a ludicrous thing was yeah. uh, there's this match with um, Roddy Piper, yeah, and uh, and, and 
Krilla Monsoon mentions just in passing that Roddy Piper was a was a Gold Gloves champion, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> and Bobby Heenan goes, "Oh, that's amateur punk stuff." And Krilla Monsoon <laughs> goes, "Amateur punk stuff," and then Heenan goes, "You get paid for it?" And he goes, "Of course not." And he goes, "This damn <laughs> punk stuff." That's right. That's funny. <laughs> now, this might be hard to re- recall, but off the hop your head, but what are your top five matches of all time? Matches of all time. Ooh, uh, you know, um, this conversation begins and ends with uh, <laughs> Randy Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at okay. WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, anytime you see a list of greatest matches, seems yeah. like if even if it's people that haven't been watching for long, that's always the measuring stick for a good match. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold in the submissions only match at WrestleMania 12. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because it was a, a, a good match, but because uh, it was just really good storytelling the way that they had. You know, without any dialogue at all, they had Bret Hart turn into a bad guy and Steve Austin turn into a good guy in the yeah. same match. Yeah. And it, it just relied completely on Bret Hart continuing to beat the crap out of him after he's bled <laughs> all over the ring. Yeah. And it, it got to the point where even the fans were like, you know, this is too much. Stop. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's the mark of a great match right there when you can actually tell a story inside the match. Yep. Um, I would say Chris Benoit versus Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. Mm. Yeah. Triple threat match at WrestleMania 20. Mm-hmm. Um, because you had three pure wrestlers. And yeah. uh, it, it was a throwback to – it was a throwback to the old days because, you know, there wasn't – it wasn't a bunch of – jumping off of cages and throwing chairs and that kind of thing. It was yeah. just solid, solid wrestling. But, you know, in a, in, a, in a context of a triple threat match, so the action was a little more faster paced for people that that uh, can't get into just a straight shoot match. Yep. Um, Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash had mm-hmm. one, of, one of the funniest matches I ever saw. I mean, it was a good match, too. Yeah, but it was it was uh, it was a uh, no holds barred match. Mm. It was at uh, at the the in your house pay per view. Oh wow! And uh, um, it was right before Kevin Nash left the company, and mm-hmm. so he uh, it, you know that was right before he would show up in NWA and uh, well WCW yeah. and uh, do the whole NWO thing. But uh, he knew it was he knew it was going to be his last match with the company on a pay per view, so he uh, went all out and um, like jackknifed Shawn Michaels through a table, and then uh, went and got went and got Mad Dog Vashon's prosthetic leg and beat Shawn Michaels. <laughs> it, it was in poor taste, but it was entertaining. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and then uh, I would say. Um, you know, it's 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 a long one, but I would say the 1992 Royal Rumble, the Rumble okay. match itself. Yeah. Um, just because you know it was it was uh, 
it was the first time the Royal Rumble really meant anything because um, the the title had been vacated, and so whoever won the Royal Rumble was going to be be the world champion. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Ric Flair drew number three, and he ended up winning the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't. I don't have a lot of respect for Ric Flair's talent, but uh, you know, at that at that time, he he was a veteran already, and yeah. uh, he was kind of considered an old man. So for him <laughs> to go out, you know, sixty plus minutes in the in the ring and end up winning the thing was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Now, for me, um, what's regarded as the best match of all time uh, by re- wrestling analysts and so forth is Taker versus HBK uh, 1 and 2. Um, each match was like an hour hour and 20 minutes, and they were just going at it. It was phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, so take, Taker ended um, some of those career back in 2011, 2012, somewhere, somewhere around there. Um, I, was at, I was at that match. Were you? I went to uh, Phoenix for WrestleMania that year. Oh, nice! Yeah, I I just loved when Shawn Michaels he, he did the whole um, throat slash thing that Taker does, and then he got tombstoned. That was a great way to end it. <laughs> that was awesome. So those two matches there, back to back WrestleManias, I like those two. Um, Rock versus Cena, back to back. Also, WrestleManias were pretty amazing as well. Just awesome atmosphere. And great matches of those two, and then also um, recently, I think it was last year's last year's um, Royal Rumble um, um, match between Cena and AJ Styles um, was one of the best things you'll ever see. It it was phenomenal. It was like an hour long match, and it was high flying theatrics and. Um, John Cena had to AA AJ Styles twice in a row before he can make, to, to make sure he, he he was down for the count. But it was an awesome match. So and and this, this shows how this shows how long I've been checked out. Yeah. I didn't even know AJ Styles wasn't in TNA anymore. Oh yeah, AJ Styles came over about a year about a year ago or two years uh, ago. Okay. I think. Yeah. Now, at what point did you realize? That wrestling was fake. At what age did you realize it was it wasn't real? I mean, I suspected right away. You know, yeah. Um, just uh, it, little common sense things. You know, like uh, like 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 Carrie Von Eric's finishing move was a punch, and it's like <laughs> well, you, you spent twenty minutes punching this guy, and the match stayed. You know, kept going. What all of a sudden is so special about the punch that you posed for before you threw it? Yeah. So um, I suspected all along, but when it was confirmed for me was um, I went to a, a house show at the Coliseum. Okay. That, the old Spokane Coliseum back right. in uh, 89. Yeah. And um, I saw <clears throat> there was a guy underneath the ring apron with a hammer mm-hmm. and his job was to pound on the uh pound on the canvas to make it sound as loud as possible when people oh. got slammed. 
And so, yeah, that was the dead giveaway for me. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, I took a while, took a while for me to realize it was wasn't fake because I was like a naive kid, you know. It's like, oh, it all looks real to me. And then after like maybe a year or two, I was like, okay, this looks pretty fake to me. And then I, yeah, so then it was confirmed. But favorite part, favorite moment, like you know that they took up of that one, that old man, like at the wrestling convention with. DDP's like it's real to me damn it yeah yeah <laughs> so funny and then he's like and then and he's like it's okay man it's okay man <laughs> the, you know the first time that I remember uh, that they actually had to acknowledge that it wasn't real was yeah. at the was at the um, over the edge pay-per-view in 99 when Owen Hart died oh right yeah. and uh and Jim Ross kept telling the, uh, the the audience, he's like, I can't stress enough. This is not a part of the scripted storyline. This was not supposed to happen. Yeah. And, so that, you know, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think they knew at that point that everyone kind of suspected anyway, but it was, right. it was surreal to see them have to admit it out loud on camera. Right. Exactly. Now, name a couple, maybe, maybe two or three or how, how many you, you can name. Of some overrated superstars, in your opinion, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Hulk Hogan, just because every single match was the same thing. He gets he Wait gets up. beat up. He gets beat up for twenty minutes. Then he starts to do that shaky, seizurey <laughs> looking thing. Uh, does a does a does a big boot, a body slam, and a leg drop, and ends Ooh. the match. It's just, so like it, it was just the 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 same formula over and over and over. Yeah. Um, I think the Ultimate Warrior was really overrated for a lot of the same reasons. Yeah. Um, only his gimmick was you know uh, run down to the ring, beat the guy up for twenty seconds, slam him over your head, and pin him. And and yeah. I'm sure that was probably because they knew that if he had a match go on for too long, people would realize he had no talent. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, I, I, I think I would put Stone Cold on the list of overrated. Stone Cold? Hmm. Just because, uh, similar to Hogan, um, he uh, just stomp the mud hole, do the stunner. <laughs> uh, a lot of his matches were the same, but um, I, I also realized that that most of his most of his uh, appeal was his what he would say on the mic versus what he would do yeah. in the ring. Yeah. Um, but if we're just talking physical wrestling yeah. talent, I would I would put him on there. I mean, even he he's a good guy too. I mean, yeah. uh, from, from all indications, he's very respectful. Um, he knows what his limitations are. And I remember an interview with him where he said that he found out that he was going to be having that submission match only with Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, nah, I can't be in that. I only know three holds. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even he was nervous about that match because he, because he, he knew what his limitations were, but he, to his credit, he pulled it off entirely. So, yeah. For 
for me, <clears throat> as you said, Hulk Hogan obviously is one maybe the most rated wrestler of all, of all time. But also for me, I'm gonna go with the Big Show. He's always oh yes, punch. I mean, he doesn't do he, he doesn't want shit. You know, he's won a couple of things here and there, but he always does is, has one big punch, and that's all his it's all, it's all he's got. Um, also, um, oh. I was gonna say, I forgot what I was gonna say, but yeah, the, the big, the big show for sure, Hulk Hogan. Um, I'm not sure what else I want to say, but that's big show. I think is maybe one of the biggest overrated stars of all time. I, I would agree completely. I mean, he had he had the the size to make some really good storylines, and he just never did anything with it. His matches are slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure what else I was going to think. I had someone on my hand, but I'm not sure. But, oh, oh well, that's all right. Big Show and Hulk Hogan are pretty overrated my, myself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, Rey Mysterio. God, I hate that guy. Yes. God. Even even when he was younger, he had nothing on a lot of the other guys that were his peers. I mean, yeah. supposedly he was a lot better when he was younger, but, I mean – uh, I still don't think he was as good as like a Dean Malenko or a, uh, or even a Chris Benoit. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what are some of your of your favorite storylines of all time? Uh, uh the um, the storyline involving um, it was it was. A, Terrible storyline with terrible wrestlers, and <laughs> the, match, the matches were all awful. Yeah. But there's a storyline with uh, the big boss man and the big show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, the whole thing was based on just months and months of the big boss man tormenting the big show because his dad died. <laughs> it, was, it was in such poor taste, but... Um, yeah. Just the the fact that they went there, and you know, it, it to that extent, it kind of elevated what was acceptable to do in a storyline. Yeah, and uh, and so, um, you know, anything that can inject something real into it that that sells it a little better is is interesting to me. Yeah. Um, uh, another, I thought one of the greatest storylines I ever saw was when they decided to turn Bret Hart heel, yeah. And uh, and so he be like he didn't just become a bad guy like they turned it into this anti-America, pro-Canada <laughs> storyline, right? And and you know I I just I think that a lot of people didn't really know how many really great wrestlers came out of Canada until that storyline yeah. happened, yeah. Um, you know, they they uh, they all started coming out of the woodwork, and you got these really technically skilled guys like Jericho and Benoit and Hart and uh, Lance Storm, and uh, <laughs> um, all these guys were kind of just born from that storyline. Um, you know, uh, uh, even over in WCW, uh, they had to start acknowledging. They're Canadian because I mean most of those guys that I just mentioned were still over there at that point. Yeah. But um, 
because people were talking about Canadian wrestlers, uh, it, it, it really helped kind of bring wrestling back to um, being more about matches than it did about storylines. Yeah. And uh, so, ironically, that's one of my favorite storylines. Um, there you go. Just a fascinating dynamic to watch, too, because he was a bad guy everywhere in the world, but when he went back to Canada, they were cheering him louder than I ever heard him pop for even Hogan in his prime. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really did like the uh, the the Stone Cold Vince McMahon storyline. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, that, that was a classic. Every 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 night you'll come you'll come out and find Stone Cold coming out to art to uh, Stone Cold Vince McMahon. Damn the consequences. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and one other one that I liked was, uh, the, um, the Roddy Piper, Adrian Adonis storyline from the, uh, from the mid, from the late 80s, 87, okay, 86, that's before I got into it. What's, what's, what's what's on about? Uh, so Roddy Piper, you know, as I'm sure, you know, yeah. uh, he had the segment Piper's pit Yeah, and it was where all the, uh, all the storylines would advance. It would be like an interview show and he would either get into it with his guests or his <laughs> guests would get into it with each other or yeah. someone would come out there and put out a challenge. And, and there was just, you know, they, they only had a limited amount of broadcast time back then. So they, uh, they relied on that segment to advance the storylines and, um, and, you know, Piper was always a better talker than a wrestler anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Roddy Piper kind of got um, got sidelined. And uh, while he was out, his taken over by Adrian Adonis, um, who was this, you know, totally out of shape, but, like, insisted that he was – and that was the gimmick, you know. He was oh. really out of shape but insisted that he was like God's gift to women. Mm-hmm. And um, he was this big, fat, blonde, bleached blonde dude. And <laughs> he, he had been around for a while too. So he was kind of considered a veteran and yeah. um, his gimmick, he would wear a lot of makeup and he would dress in drag. And, you know, this was, this was a time in America and especially wrestling fans were mortified by that. Yeah. So, um, but he took over Piper's pit and turned it into the flower shop. And <laughs> the flower shop. The flower shop and just, you know, was overly effeminate. And uh, um, people were really responding negatively to it. And mm-hmm. on purpose, you know, they, they would yeah. make it as as offensive to wrestling fans as they possibly could. Yeah. And so... Um, uh, Adrian Adonis had all these other bad guys on his side. There was like Cowboy Bob Orton, Randy Orton's father, yeah, and and um, King Kong Bundy, mm-hmm. all these big bad guys from back then. And uh, Roddy Piper finally came back and uh, took back his show. And then they had a uh, a match at WrestleMania three where it was it was. Uh, 
win, lose, or draw, it was going to be Roddy Piper's last match, but he just wanted to get revenge on Adrian Adonis. And so whoever whoever lost the match got their head shaved. <laughs> Roddy Piper kind of went out in the blaze of glory. Oh, yeah. Only to come back two years later. There you go. Um, for me, favorite couple of favorites I have is uh, the DX versus Vince McMahon back in the 90s. That was, or early 2000s, I guess it was. But uh, those are all, uh, those are fun to watch, DX versus McMahon. Um, but other one, I, besides that, besides that, I like I like the Bret Hart HBK um, storyline. It was pretty awesome. Went, went for a while. But um, number number one though for me was when WCW was going after Monday Night Raw back and forth Monday Night Monday Night War, and then when Shane McMahon bought the company, that was pretty funny too. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was awesome. Now, um, do you prefer heels or or faces? Yeah, the bad guys. The bad guys, yeah. Uh. I, I always, even even when I very first started wrestling or watching wrestling, all the uh, all the bad guys were the characters I liked. You know, I liked the honky tonk man. I liked uh, Mister Perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I think a lot of that is just because um, the 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 bad guys were usually the underdogs by the time the matches happened. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and I think part of it too was, was just because, uh, the, the bad guys were all like varying degrees of bad. So yeah. uh, there was a little more complexity to their characters. I mean, good guy was just good. They always did the right thing. They never cheated. They came yeah. out to help people. Whereas you ne- a bad guy was so, un- you know, a guy like Jake, the snake Roberts was so unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, myself, I prefer heels over faces, but I do like some some faces. Like John Cena, he's one of the be- he's probably the best of all time ever to you know to ever wrestle is Cena. He's six time champion. Um, but I do love the bad guy Orton. When, when Orton's a bad guy, he is probably the best bad guy out there right now. If he was oh, yeah. bad guy. the whole legend killer thing. Yeah, but he he's yeah. he he's, he is good right now though. But when he's when he's a bad guy, he's one of the best of all time. He's so cocky, and arrogant. When, when Triple H was a bad guy, that guy was fucking ruthless. Oh, oh, especially in the Attitude Era when he was bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The sledgehammer coming out. <laughs> sledgehammer, the 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 going after Vince and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now were you there at the arena? I'm not sure. It was about 2010 or 11. Not sure, but around that time frame, where it was Monday night, Monday night Raw at the arena, um, where Orton RKO'd Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon. And I was not there for that. Oh, you weren't there? Yeah, I, I was there like front row basically, and where Triple H was t- tied up. Arrested to the uh, the ring post, and Orton kissed Stephanie on the lips. That was a oh. awesome moment. Yeah, I watched it on TV, TV the next day on TV, and 
the face that you see on Triple H's face was priceless. He was not happy at all. <laughs> again, again, you know, it's it's you get the best performances out of people when it's it, when it, when you involve real life in it. Yeah, absolutely. Now Orton and H are like good friends, but it, they had, had played up a little, played up a little, little bit, I guess, on camera. But sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Now on the same on the same accord, who are your top five heels of all time for you? Uh. Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Perfect. Um, you know, Mr. Perfect, he was just such a frustrating bad guy for people because he was so arrogant, and then he would just keep backing it up, keep backing it up, and yeah, he had like a two-year undefeated streak. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... Uh, I would say Triple H at his worst, so probably, yeah. you know, like 97 to 99 um, yeah. was just it, the the best time for him. Um, yeah. And and even his his original character when he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley yeah. and he would come like the long uh, the, <laughs> the waistcoat and the uh, you just like dressed like he was out of the Victorian era. Yeah. <laughs> um, People just hated that. People, yeah. people, just viscerally react to someone who's like a snob or or really yeah. snooty like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he doesn't get a lot of the credit that he deserves, but I think Goldust was a great heel. Goldust, oh brother, um, that just one. <laughs> just because. Uh, for the, for a lot of the same reasons, people would just viscerally react, but it was more like, I feel like he drew on people's homophobia, you know, yes. um, and uh, and and I mean, if if the guy that if you know anything about the guy that portrays him, Dustin Rhodes, yeah, Dusty Rhodes's kid, and he's nothing like that character, mm-hmm. but he was willing to take it so far. I mean. To the point where, like, he kissed Scott Hall on the mouth just to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Gold Dust. Yeah. Um, I think Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, was a great bad oh, guy. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and for many of the same reasons that that they knew people would respond to someone who would just buy his way out of any situation and to go out there af- night after night and tell the fans that everybody's got a price. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it made people do a lot of self-examination and be like, well, you know, could I turn down X amount of money to do this terrible thing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Roddy Piper, Triple H, uh, Goldust, DiBiase, and I would say, I mean, you you have to say Vince McMahon. I yeah. Mean, oh yeah. He uh, he he created like the out of the whole Brett screwed Brett versus Vince screwed Brett thing. I mean, he created like the ultimate supervillain. I mean, that became his gimmick was like the the. The, the controlling boss that uh, 
that always kept you down or, or that made you do degrading things. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just something, something that people related to and, and re- responded to heavily. <laughs> now, I loved when he came out all the time, like, he goes, you're fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Now, uh, for myself, number one of all time, not even close for me, is Chris Jericho. That guy played the best heel of all oh, yeah. ever, ever. He, he was amazing. Um, number two, Triple H. Uh, number three, Vince McMahon. Um, number four, Kurt Angle was pretty bad, a pretty good heel. Oh, yeah. He was, you suck. You suck. Just always coming out and bragging about his gold medals. <laughs> yeah, and now he's a Raw GM now. Really? Yeah. He's another one who, last I had checked, he was in TNA. So yeah. uh, this is all news to me. <laughs> this, yeah, this he's he, he's been here since WrestleMania, basically. Of this last, okay. So he's been been there since WrestleMania. Um, he 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 went in the Hall of Fame. WrestleMania. Then next night on Raw, Vince McMahon said, "Here's your new GM, Kurt Angle." Ah, it, was ah. awesome. it, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. Is is he GM as a bad guy or a good guy? Good guy. Really? Yeah. The fans love him. He comes. Ah. In, he comes out and they go, "You suck," and he's like, "You bring it on." You suck. <laughs> Yeah, and then my number five heel, I would have to say, um, probably would have to go with prob. I'm probably Ted DiBiase. I probably say number five, Ted DiBiase. He's he, he's one of the best of all time for sure. As a heel, he really sold that. Yeah, yeah. And he's one of those guys too. Who, from everything I've heard in real life, he's nothing but a great guy. Yeah, but yeah. Kicked it into overdrive for that character. His son didn't look look for the hype though. His son didn't do much in the in the company. Not at all. Not at all. He tried to be his, his dad, but that wasn't the right place to go with it. So I don't know. Yeah. But um. Oh yeah, Orton also. Um. Okay. So, what your favorite pay per view event? Pay per views. Um. Not like. Not like um. Match like like WrestleMania. Um. Rumble, what favorite reviews of all time? Number five, top five. Uh, uh, not specific ones, just formats. You mean just the ju- ju- just the name of the just the name of the okay. yeah the yes. yeah yeah. Uh, Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble was always good because um, you know there was there was always the mystery of who drew which numbers and yeah. So uh, really loved. Royal Rumbles because they always kept those interesting and especially mm-hmm. after 92 when you know the winner of the Rumble got a title shot yeah um before you got nothing if you won the Royal oh, Rumble really? it was just okay yeah like from 87 to 92 it was just bragging, bragging rights <laughs> yeah so um yeah Royal Rumbles um I love the old format of Survivor Series yeah where it was the five on five tag teams mm-hmm. and, and it could 
it could, you know, theoretically end up in a situation where it's one guy versus five. Yeah. I, I thought those were really good. Um, I loved, I loved King of the Ring. Yeah. Um, the old format where you know it was the tournament for the for the crown, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know you would have to in principle wrestle three times in one night to win. Mm-hmm. Um, WrestleMania, just because it's kind of like the the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, and you know to uh, to 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 go kind of dark horse on this one. Um, <laughs> the uh, WCW um, they used to do the uh, the War Games oh, pay per view. Right. Yeah. And it was like the the two rings put together. Hmm. And it was kind of the same it's kind of the same concept as the Royal Rumble, but yeah, w- with much bigger space to work with. And yeah, okay. it was one of those things they only did once a year. Yeah, absolutely. Now for me, number one for me is WrestleMania because that's the it's four hours, five hours actually almost of amazing matches. Because the guys WrestleMania they 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 bring the best game for WrestleMania. You know, they just bring the house down. WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, it really, really is their Super Bowl. Yeah, it is awesome. Awesome event too. Awesome event. Number two for me is the Rumble. As you were saying, that's a pretty awesome event. Number three, Hell in a Cell for me because the cell is is anything can happen in Hell in a Cell. Because like last now, yeah. Now at Hell in a Cell, are all the matches in the cell? There's like one or two at the. There's one or two. Okay. Because like they're actually they had it like this recently. They had like a week about a week or two, week and a half ago. Shane McMahon, who's the uh, he's the president of SmackDown. Um, was in a match with Kevin Owens. Um, he, he, he uh, Kevin Owens, and uh, so Shane McMahon goes top, top goes on top of the hell of the of the cage on the very top, jumps down, <laughs> and lands fifty feet or forty feet down on a table because uh, the guy got got pushed away off the table, but. Uh... Shane is a badass motherfucker. Because like last year, last WrestleMania, last year, last year WrestleMania, he did the same thing. He, he's awesome. He's awesome. He cracked some ribs though. But uh, I, I I remember when he jumped off the uh, top of the Titan Tron in a oh, match yeah. against Big Show, and <laughs> that was that was the furthest I'd ever seen anybody fall in my life. Yeah, well, that was well the one that we did last Sunday or whatever two weeks ago. Was higher than that, yeah. But um, yeah, so got I got Hell in a Cell. I like TLC because it, because it's like table ladder and chair matches, um, because you get all the all the good stuff to come out. And mm-hmm. then I also number five, um, probably would say um, Night of Champions because that because that's every every t- title is on on the line pretty much. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's coming up pretty soon too. But um, now, how awesome, in your opinion, is WrestleMania? It, on on your for your opinion, there. It's yeah. I mean, it really is. Uh, like, there's hardly ever any filler matches. Um, 
Yeah. You know, you're you're always gonna see titles change hands, which is a big deal for me. Yeah. Um. And and you know, I think I think WrestleMania it it brings it back to the to the original tradition of of it really just being about the matches. I mean, yeah. They, they move storylines along within the context of the match, but I mean, yeah. at, WrestleMania, at WrestleMania, you're never going to see anyone cut like a 15 minute promo. No. You're never going to see like a bunch of, you know, in ring two guys with mics kind of thing. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. down and dirty to the matches. Exactly. And usually you'll find like um, a backstab here or there too. Yes. Yeah. You usually in one of the main events, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, also, much of you aware of this, but money in the bank, money in the bank. That's where a lot of match where there's a contract contract on on, on the top, and, and yep. then yep. guaranteed come, title shot. Yeah, so sometimes they come out and do it WrestleMania too. So uh, yeah, that that that's also fun too. Make that fun as well, but. Um, what made you lose interest in 2010 of, of, of wrestling in 2010? Well, you know, it was just um, by that time, most of the people I'd grown up watching were either retired or dead. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest part of it was, uh, you know, they were, they were trying really hard at that time to compete with um, – uh, UFC. Oh, right. Because, you know, UFC had kind of become the new sheriff in town as far as like pay-per-views. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the, the in-ring sport that people liked. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I just, the th- one of the things that drew me to wrestling in the first place was characters, you know, like big mm-hmm. point productive. Yeah. Uh, you know, characters, people who you could tell were were playing a part, were playing a role, mm-hmm. and you know, it's 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 kind of the same interest I would have in like movies or TV, where you know, I I, I want to be taken away from reality for a few hours. Mm-hmm. When they were trying to compete with UFC, it was too much about you know making people not really a character. It was just who they were, and they yeah. didn't have crazy names like all these wrestlers now they go by their real names sometimes yeah i mean yeah. most yeah a, a lot more of them you know like it's, a lot more it, nowadays than past yes for sure yeah i mean like yeah. you know, <laughs> everyone in the nickname or everyone in the 80s had a nickname you know the 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 rock or the uh yeah. the the Hillbilly Jim, <laughs> the, boss, the, the boss man. yeah, the dragon, the snake, Bam Bam Bigelow. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's just I turn it on, and it's just like, well, I don't turn it on, but like I right. hear about, you know, there's Daniel Bryan or uh, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> wow, it's, it's old school. Yeah, it's people's names and right, exactly. Uh, not a lot of character to him. Would you consider coming back to wrestling, or are you, are you pretty much done, done at this point? Um, yeah. I mean, it's if 
if the storylines got creative again and mm-hmm. you know really compelling stuff that you can't predict because that's the biggest thing for me is yeah. and, and you know that's partially my fault for watching so much yeah. but uh, there's only so many uh original storylines they can come up with so they'll redo yeah. It, as you know, every couple of years they'll re they'll they'll repackage the Montreal screw job. Yeah. <laughs> Just do a new storyline out of that. Yeah. Um so yeah, if they got if they got down to like another invasion kind of storyline or another DX or NWO type of storyline, I'd I'd definitely be interested in that. Well, there is um the there's called the shield who um who are like like a modern day dx and they just run run um the wd basically they 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 interfere they interfere with matches and stuff they 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 like interfere they interfere with everyone taking turning us out so it's a it's a pretty it's the yeah pretty badass but um now talk about this earlier in the podcast, but um, how many events ha- have you have you been to before? Um, I've been to a lot of house shows. I've probably been to about ten house shows. You know, the stuff that never gets televised. Right. Um, as far as stuff that does get televised, I was at a. Uh, I was at a raw taping in '98. Uh, um, it was uh, in Spokane. It was in Spokane, yeah. Um, Mick, uh, no, yeah, Mick Foley won the hardcore title that night. <laughs> um, nice. And uh, there's, I remember, uh, DX was was really big at the time, and it was not that long after they had added. Uh, Billy Gunn and the Road Dog into the oh, right. world. So it was like kind of during the DX expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rock was still a bad guy with Vince <laughs> McMahon. He was the, the corporate champion. Yeah. Um, so there was that. Uh, I went to um, a TV taping for Nitro. Um oh. Main event was uh, main event was Big Show and Lex Luger, I think. How was that? Uh, it was it was all right, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, was, it was towards the end of um, of of WCW being able to stand on their own. Right. Um. So they were kind of on their way out the door, but uh, and and you know a lot of their big guys weren't there. Um, Hogan was out, Sting was out, so like DDP was one of the main stars. Yeah. Um, so you know, it wasn't really super interesting, but it was a the, the main event was a steel cage match. So there that, you go. Um, I was at a SmackDown taping um, in 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was when uh, it was when Stephanie McMahon was running SmackDown. <laughs> It was, uh, they had just recently brought Hogan back, but Vince had fired Hogan, so Hogan was wrestling as Mr. America. (laughs) It was 
so ob- ridiculously obvious that it was him, but he was wearing this red, white, and blue mask. Jeez. Still yeah. calling everyone brother, and he still brother. had that ridiculously yeah. brown, lumpy yeah. body. So, I mean, it was obviously it was him, and, right. <laughs> and Vince knew it was him, but couldn't fire him because the loopholes that he was Mr. America. <laughs> <laughs> That's genius. I know, yeah, but uh, WrestleMania 26 um, was probably the big one, and that was in Phoenix. Phoenix, that's right, okay. And that was, um, I I wasn't really actively even watching at that time, but it was um, when Bret Hart came back, and when he had his stroke in 2002, I always said, if he was ever able to wrestle ever again and have one more match that yeah. no matter no matter where it was in the world, I would be there. Oh, there you go. And so I, I went and it was his match with his, uh, it was Lumberjack match against <laughs> Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. But, but that was also, that was the night we talked about it earlier that Undertaker retired HBK. So yeah. Yeah, as... Nice. As a Bret Hart fan, that was the best night to be there. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> his comeback, I got to see him beat Vince McMahon, and I got to see Shawn Michaels get retired all in one night. I wish you're happy about that. I, that I also I went to the Hall of Fame the night before. Oh, I made a, cool. I made a whole weekend out of it. Nice. And how was that? It was good. It was uh, um, the... Uh, the <laughs> I'm glad I went, but it was really sad because oh, okay. this doesn't always come through on, on screen, but at the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. you really see how time has affected a lot of oh. these people. Right. So um, they were they were inducting uh Mad Dog Vashon um into the Hall of Fame and uh he was very clearly like in the final stages of dementia that night. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, like speech didn't make any sense and, and like Pat Patterson was trying to help him through it. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's mostly just a really fun night. Cause you know, it's, yeah. it's like a reunion for those people. Yeah. Like all the, all the old guys get together and, and, mm-hmm. They just go out of character and they they tell stories and awesome. so it was yeah. fun. That's cool. Um, now build your ultimate wrestler. If you could like have one guy like with one person from scratch, like how would he be built? Um, you know, I I didn't really. I was never into the super heavyweights or like the yeah. the people with the, the the huge jacked up steroid physiques. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, looking at you, Brock. <laughs> Can't pass a drug test to save your life. Yeah. Um. So you know, I. You. There was something really cool about people of like. It, it's funny to say an average size because they're still like six foot one and two hundred and thirty pounds. But right, right. People of an average size, you know, like a Jericho or like a, like a, yeah. Well, no, even he's a little, little more ripped, I think, than yeah. 
But, uh, you know, there was there was always something I liked about just like a six foot, 230 pound wrestler that just yeah. knew a lot of moves and yeah. ha- had some agility. Like I was always more impressed by holds and agility than I was by power moves. Okay. So, you know, my my ultimate wrestler would uh, would 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 be somebody like that, you know, who uh, just a man of a thousand holds type thing, you know, uh, yeah. reversal, reversal, turn, turn, being in a figure four into having the other person in a Boston crab or something like that. Yeah. I think for me, ultimate guy would be, be like John Cena. He has it all. He has it all. He's fast. He's a good wrestler. He's strong as fuck. I mean, he, he can pick any, anybody up, anybody. And so, you know, he, he has holds. He has, he does it all. That's my. That's, that's who I want to be. There you go. Yeah. Now, um, let's see. Build. Now you you're a you're, you're a sign guy. You know concerts and so forth. Um, build your sign sign to get you on TV. What 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 did it say? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's got to be a it's got to be a play on words. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the best the the signs that I can remember seeing on TV um, are all ones that, that just involve playing on words. So, I mean, you know, it, it, I, I remember um, when I went to a, to a WCW house show, mm-hmm. um, I brought one with me and, and I wish that this had been a televised thing. Cause I think this one would have gotten on there. Um, like if you, if you're able to reference somebody's past as a wrestler, you know, just to kind of indicate that, you know, who they are and you've been following their careers. Yeah. So like Mr. Perfect went to the WCW and he wasn't Mr. Perfect anymore because WWF owned that character. Yeah. He, he had to call himself Kurt Hennig, which is his actual name, but, um, you know, it was, he was doing more of a, a country music kind of gimmick. Yeah. You know, um, he was he was in this little faction called the West Texas Rednecks, even though he was, <laughs> even though everyone knew he was from Minnesota. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, and he was in no way, shape, or form a redneck. <laughs> he was like exactly. a collegiate athlete. But um, exactly. Uh, so. You know, everyone knew who he was, but they weren't allowed to say it. And he had just joined the, um, I don't know if you were watching WCW back in the day, but they Not split really. the they split the NWO up into two NWOs. Really? So there was, a, there was a black and white NWO, and they were the Hollywood NWO. Oh, okay, that's right, yeah. And then there was the red and black NWO, and that was called the Wolf Pack, and that was more the guys that were wrestlers. Yeah. You know, the, the black and white NWO was just about like people who it was the giant and it was, uh, Hogan and it was, uh, Piper and, you know, guys that weren't exactly wrestler wrestlers, yeah. more Mike skill kind of guys, but yeah. then pack were the guys that really could wrestle. So that was your Kevin Nash's and your, uh, your, your, your Mr. Perfects and your Lex and Sting was in the red and black NWO. 
Okay. So, um, and everyone knew that Kurt Hennig was Mr. Perfect, but they couldn't yeah. say. And he had just joined Wolfpack. So yeah. I brought a sign that said, uh, Kurt Hennig, the perfect NWO member. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, um, are you a Raw or a SmackDown guy? Raw. Raw all the way? All the way. Um, SmackDown had its moments. And um, from what I understand, they're trying to balance the shows out a little bit more. But yeah. Just, it always seemed like Raw was the more talent-heavy one. It was always the more storyline-driven one. Yeah. Well, nowadays, SmackDown is like maybe a little, little, little above Raw now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But Raw's still great, but SmackDown is maybe it, you know, not above. Smackdown's, right is SmackDown still on network TV? They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're both on USA. Okay, because I remember back in the day when Raw on was UPN. on yeah, and and SmackDown was and it was able to reach a wider audience because people that didn't have cable could still watch it. Right. Yep. Exactly. Now, what is your favorite style of match? I like a. You mean like stipulations wise? Yeah. I like, you know, and, and not a lot of people are interested in these because they can get boring, yeah. but I like Iron Man matches. Iron Man, yeah. Those are great. I like, yes, yeah, set 60 minutes and whoever has the most falls in that 60 minutes wins. I like that one, but for me, though, it's last man standing match. I like that one. Last man standing mm. That's the one where we where, where get a ten, a ten count. If you're ten, you're, you know, you're done. But yep. so it, yep. it, can go on, it, can, it can go on forever, potentially. Yeah, that's a good format. And I remember back in the day, those used to be called Texas Death Matches. <laughs> but yeah, same, same principle. You beat the other guy until they couldn't get up for ten seconds. Exactly. There you go. Now, um, what, what are your thoughts on um, – Monday Night War on, on the war Monday Night War between Raw and no the it was WWE and uh and WWE now that's 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 a tough one just because I always felt like I was team WWE WWF you know yeah yeah like, yeah um, I always looked down on WCW as being like where good wrestlers went to retire yeah I mean, WCW was never about developing their own talent. They were always just about stealing the biggest names they could from WWE. Yeah. But I have to admit, as far as the Monday Night Wars went, WCW had it all over WWF. Yeah. Um, I mean, just as far as the creativity of it goes, the uh, the – I mean, both shows because they knew they were competing each other against each other. They had to step up their their writing, and their yeah. storylines, and their talent. Um, so, I mean, it brought out the best in both companies. I think from that aspect. But I mean, just as far as as doing shocking things, WCW yeah. was doing it left, right, and sideways. Yeah, and there was the whole NWO thing, and then there was coming up with life. Yes, going live versus taping. 
I, I said for life, for life. Oh, NWO for, yeah. for life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, I mean, that was a big deal too, that, you know, they yeah. wouldn't film until that day. Whereas right. Raw yeah. filmed a couple of days out. So, I mean, yep. if you really wanted to, you could just read on the internet what happened on Raw and then just watch yep. Yep. Nitro. Um, exactly. And, uh, it was just, you know, always the big reveals. Um, I remember the first episode of Nitro, in fact, was uh, it was the day after SummerSlam in uh, 90, I want to say 95 or 96. Yeah. It would have been 95, but um, Lex Luger had been on, uh, had been on SummerSlam the night before. He'd been a big part of SummerSlam. Uh, because of the way Nitro operated, they were able to, the night after SummerSlam, get him to come over to WCW. So not even 24 hours later, Lex Luger's on their show. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Now, what are your favorite we- we- weapons in a street fight? Uh, well, um, you know, uh, the steel chair is always a classic, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I gotta say, just as far as taking a match to a whole new level, I would I loved seeing that bat wrapped in barbed wire. Oh, that's lethal right there. That's a that that special. Is... How about you? Uh, for me, um, I love the uh, the sledgehammer Triple H. Um, also enjoy a good, a good, um, uh, what do you call it? The bamboo, um, oh, the, uh, Singapore canes. Yeah. 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 Those are, those leave a mark though on your back, like big red marks in the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are not, those do not, those hurt. I, I'm sure they hurt a lot. Now, what is your favorite taglines, catchphrases in WWE history? Oh, well, um, I, I, I loved uh, Chris Jericho's never, <laughs> ever. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, being, being, being who I am, I got to say, best there is, best there was, best, best there ever was to be. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, I also liked... Uh, Oh, you're fired was a good one. We talked about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mitsu Man. Absolutely. Uh, and, and you know, it's 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 a little one and it's obnoxious, but Ric Flair's woo. Oh, no thanks. <laughs> no, I can't stand Ric Flair. No, yeah, I don't have any respect for him as an athlete, yeah. but. Uh, yeah. But I mean, as far as getting under your skin, that stupid little woo is the woo. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, another one that I really liked was uh, was Kurt Angle's It's True, It's True. It's true. It's very true. But, yeah. You know, it's it, yeah. how do you argue with that? You know, he'd come out there and just say, yeah, I beat such and such one, two, three, right in the middle of the ring. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that is true um for for me i i enjoy 
CNS saying, if you want some, come get some. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I also like The Rock. The Rock is back. Has come back to Baba and Jabroni as he will. The Rock had a ton of, ton of great things. He, he was probably the best on the mic of all time. The Rock. He was so, he was so good at that. Um, also enjoyed Triple H when he said, um, oh, Triple H and HBK on, uh, in the DX. And then they did, suck it. you can suck it. We yeah. got two words for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, those, those are always good. Now, um, who in your mind is the greatest of all time? One, per- one man. Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Bret Hart, it, I mean, uh, yeah. the, one of the first triple crown guys as far as, you know, tag team title, intercontinental title, world title. Yeah. Um, King of the Ring. Uh, you know, you could have submission matches. You could have uh, no holds barred matches. You could have yeah. Iron Man matches. Um, and just, you know, like a real like workhorse, you know. People who uh, came came into the company and just immediately got a push, you know. Yeah. Again, I'm looking at you, Brock Lesnar. Like, <laughs> Brock, yeah. Brock Lesnar has gotten so much that he has not earned. Um, yeah. but uh, you know, I Bret Hart. I mean, was totally a homegrown talent. You know, you. It was great to watch him evolve. You know, yeah. from from being like first match of the night guy to being the world champion. Yeah. For me, it's simple for me. It's, it's John Cena. He's a 16 time champion. He'll, he'll surpass Ric Flair soon. to be 70 degrees of all time. I, I would assume. So John Cena has done it. In, he's done it for, for uh, about, about seven, about maybe 16 years now. He's been in the business and he's the best He's the face of the WWE, so I can't argue against that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never really cared much for John Cena, but I do okay. respect the fact. Yeah. I do respect the fact that he very similar to a Bret Hart. You know, like he started out as as an undercard guy, and mm-hmm. he had like he had the he had to put up with that like wannabe rapper gimmick for <laughs> some time. Like, I mean, yeah. he yeah. really did pay his. You know, he had been on the roster for probably six, seven years before they put the belt on him. Yeah. I I respect him for, for not marrying the boss's daughter and making himself champion. (laughs) Shots fired. (laughs) Triple H. (laughs) All right. Now a couple of lessons I have before we let you go. Um, Do you love, or do you, do you love, do you love Vince or do you hate Vince? Oh, you know, if you would have asked me this question five years ago, I would have had to say I hated him. Yeah. But, um, but I do, I do love him. I mean, you know, he, uh, he's, he's the one that made wrestling what it is. I mean, before, before his vision, it was just like, you know, on channel 88 at midnight on a Saturday. Yeah. you know, just a couple old guys rolling around in tights for 20 minutes. And right. he brought the showmanship into it. He brought the uh, storytelling element into it. 
he was I'll, I'll never disagree with the fact that he was a crooked businessman and he did it in an immoral way. Right. Um, you know, like he would tell, tell all the other territory owners that he was going to compete fairly. And then he'd just mm-hmm. go on TV bury them and steal their talent. And <laughs> so I mean, he, he's, he's not, he, he's not an ethical guy, but yeah. he's, he's a visionary and he's a businessman and, and a billionaire, but also, he is and also though um even as ruthless and and as two-faced as he can be he really does value loyalty and you know it, he he he's got some good just general core values and principles yeah um if he screws somebody over in the business and he comes to realize it he yeah. does make he makes things right yeah uh, he's reached out to so many guys that he's burned he's reached out to so many people that have burned him you yeah. know a good example is superstar billy graham he oh, was yeah. one, of, one of his biggest talents in the 70s and 80s and then uh after he took too many steroids and his hips gave out you know vince paid for him to get his hips replaced just yeah. to have turn around and then go on TV and accuse him of all kinds of ridiculous things and try to bury his company and then he brought him back with open arms and then he left again and did nothing but put the bad mouth on him and (laughs) brought him back I mean he'll give people a second, third, fourth chance. Absolutely. Like I said, any, any bridge he does burn, he does try to repair, so now, Ray, I, I, what's that? Ray Mysterio had, had like like five drug tests. He failed, and after that, it's like he's done. He's not no longer welcome. Welcome back. <laughs> I was like, good riddance. Yeah, good riddance. You, 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 yeah. I mean, especially when you're trying to, you know, steer your company away from that kind of right. thing. Because there have been so many wrestlers that died young from substance abuse. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can't have a Rey Mysterio in there just bringing the, bringing the whole thing down. He's a little skinny Mexican, you know. Well, and even same with like Scott Hall, you know. Scott Hall had a drinking problem his whole life. Yeah. And Vince McMahon tried to, tried to help him get clean, but there's only so much you can do. Yeah. And, and I really respect that their wellness policy extends to people who don't even work for them anymore. Oh, really? You know, well, yeah, they'll, they'll pay for anybody who's ever wrestled for yeah. them to go to rehab if they need well, that's it. That's great. That's awesome to see to hear that. I got two last things for you here. Um, um, now, what are your thoughts on Vince McMahon and um, um, Ebersol, Dick Ebersol of NBC? trying to put together a good product of the XFL that it failed after one about two years. I think it was. <laughs> that was one of those things that was a good idea on paper, yeah. but in practice, it just didn't, you know, didn't work. Um, and I think part of that was that, that Vince McMahon tried to influence it too much with re- the wrestling side of things. Yeah. Like, it's it's impossible to say whether or not someone would have been able to go head to head with NFL because uh, no. NFL yeah. 
NFL is a machine. But, you know, there were people that wanted to go back to the old rules, you know, like no fair catches, no, uh, no, no roughing the passer calls and that kind of thing. Uh, So, I mean, that could have appealed to a big audience, but don't make Jesse Ventura and Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross your announcers, you know, don't. uh, Yeah. A guy called he, uh, does anyone really, I mean, I'm sure some people do, but who really knows what he hates me's real name was? It was Rob Smart, I think, wasn't it? I think so, but uh, I mean. Yeah. And, you know, like there's, there's no question, you know. People say sweetness, you know it's Walter Payton. Yeah. <laughs> There's a difference between earning a nickname and just giving people nicknames as characters. Yeah, I'll give Vince credit, though, because, like, Vince, he had the overhead camera, the, the one you see now in the NFL. And then – Yeah. And he had – any guys got, got mic'd up on the sidelines. So that came to, that came about from Vince. So he, he, he made some good, he, some good ideas that, that, that the NFL adopted, you know. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was doomed to fail. Yeah. Just yeah. And did you, did you watch the the ESPN doc on on XFL? I did not. No, really, the thirty for thirty. Really yeah, really, really good. You should you should watch that. I'll check that out. Yeah, now. it's fantastic. Now, final things here. Final thoughts on WWE, and then also. Are you in a good place or no rants or go ahead on, on those, last, those last two things there? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Right. Final thoughts on WWE though. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been said so much that it's a cliche at this point, but I mean, it, it really was like the male equivalent of soap operas, yeah. you know, but, um, I, I, it's it's you know it's kind of embarrassing to admit how into wrestling I was when I was a a kid and a teenager, but I'm, at the same time there's there's no shame in it because you know everybody was whether they admit it or not. Right. Absolutely. Now, I myself um, weed myself off of WWE a little bit. I do watch pay per views every every time. But I started watching Raw and SmackDown because it, it's like three hours, five hours of your of your week trying to watch wrestling. Um, yeah. Too much, but I but I do watch pay per views though because because they'll, they'll give you a, like a recap of what happened in the you know you know what happened on Raw and all that stuff leading up to it. So I I enjoyed that a lot more. I th- I think you 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 enjoy that too because it's only, it's only ten bucks a month now you know on the on network. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you're not paying fifty bucks a pop for every pay per view now in the U.S. In the U.S. at least, no, you're not. But um, it was great. Um, but let's see here. We've been on on for an hour and a half. So um, <laughs> that's uh, probably the longest we 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 have. And I do believe hour and a half is the longest pod I've ever done. I think so. Um, appreciate your time here on the Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon now. I guess now. Um, but uh, appreciate your time and uh, have a great day. Always a pleasure. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.